which is the country's largest union, is in trouble with the Labour Registrar again, according to a letter from the Regulatory Authority for the country's trade unions. The letter indicates that financial statements submitted by NUMSA for 2009 to 2015 do not comply with the law. Uh, the Labour Registrar appears to be uh, autocratic on the country's unions, with at least three COSATO-aligned unions, uh, as well as the Association of Mine Workers and Construction Union being called out by the authority for f- failing to com- comply with the law. The Registrar's uh, correspondence comes two weeks before NUMSA enters its negotiation season in four key sectors. It's not the first time NUMSA is at odds with the Registrar, with similar problems raised in 2012. And I'm going to be speaking to uh, Teto Mahlakwana, who is uh, following the story for us and uh, give us a better understanding, an in-depth understanding of what is going on with the Registrar and NUMSA. Teto, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Hi, Aubrey. Thank you for having me. So, um, the uh registrar of unions has been on how should we say on uh, the news lately uh with the amku possible deregistration what's the story now with numsa um the labor registrar is a labor registrar of labor relations who is based in the department of labor obviously and he regulates not only trade unions but employers associations and bargaining councils, among other labor-related entities in the country. Now, the the work that he's undertaken is work that has been piling up over years because of uh, the ineffectiveness of that office um, due to politics that we've reported about uh, between the Minister of Labor and the Labor Registrar in the past. Now, this Labor Registrar advocate is not only for started his work last year. He was only appointed to the position then. Yes. And since he's been in that office, he's pretty much been going over what is the backlog of cases. So we are not shocked that he is censoring a lot of these unions and basically issuing sanctions week after week or month after month because there's been a lot of issues um, emanating from either just non-compliance for whatever reason with several sections of the LRA, which is pretty much the only measure that workers have to ensure that their monies and the, the institutions that they invest in, being trade unions, uh, are, are basically taking care of their interests. Yes. Now, in the NUMSA case, um, he wrote to NUMSA on, in November for the first time since he came into office, requesting that the union submit um, its audited financial statements between the years 2016 and 20, 2018, saying that they had not uh, complied with the law because trade unions have to submit those on a yearly basis within uh, 30 days or so of auditors. Teto, are you still there? I seem to have lost Teto. Is Teto still there? Let's see. Perhaps uh, we can get Teto again. Uh, Is she there? All right. Um, we'll go back to that story with Teto uh, just to get a better understanding of what is going on at uh, um, the Registrar of Unions, uh, the Department of Labor's Registrar of Unions. And uh, uh, based on what Teto has just said to me is that uh, perhaps it's really just a meeting of uh, or it's it's just work that is being done to get rid of a backlog of work that hasn't been done over a long period of time. 
But I wonder what this means. I mean, you remember the conversations we had when the AMCU story surfaced, uh, when the department was uh, talking about deregistering them. There were conversations about whether this is a politically motivated uh, move by the Department of the Registrar of Unions. Uh, and uh, some rubbished that idea. Some said, yeah, it is. I wonder what uh, some of the speculation is around um, stories of the um, of the uh, union NUMSA uh, being possibly dis- deregistered is all about. Uh, and um, some of you may argue that uh, this is what we want to see. This is the kind of good governance we want to see, regardless of how long it's taken. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. We're trying to get a hold of Teto Mahlakwana, eyewitness news reporter who's been following this uh, particular issue for us. She's back. Uh, Teto, you were still explaining to us, uh, uh, and I was trying to sort of get a sense from you as to, is this a matter of just getting a backlog of work that has been neglected for a long time for whatever reasons, or is there perhaps some sort of uh, nefarious motivation behind this process? Uh, a similar conversation took place uh, when AMCU was supposed to be um, under the spotlight, as far as this uh, department is concerned. What, what are your thoughts? What are your what, what, what do you read? Aubrey, I've written extensively over the years about the need for that office to to basically do its work and function within its mandate because we have witnessed and we are still writing to this day and reporting about unions which are being looted by leaders and unions which are basically functioning outside of their own constitutions where leadership does not even get elected on a regular basis as it ought to be the case. So, you know, if one has, of course, been expecting that there should be some regulation of these very important entities in society, which serve a very important role of protecting workers in a very vulnerable working environment in in the country. One would be grateful when you have a a labor registrar who seems effective based on the kind of action they take. And, you know, the argument for me that there's some sort of a political motivation does not make sense because if there was political motivation and one were to say, for example, in the case of Minsa, they're claiming that they are being politically attacked because of their anti-ANC and anti-capitalist stance. Yeah. Now, one could would have to raise the same argument for Kosatu unions, for example, Samu, Sepau, yes. which are facing even harsher sanctions. They are pretty much, you know, standing to, to be de- not deregistered, placed under administration, which would mean that the leadership there loses all control of the organization and the administrator basically, you know, tries to see where they went wrong and, yeah. and whether they can rescue the, the organization. So it, it doesn't quite make rational sense, that argument. But also, there's also the, the fact that there's a lot of communication that goes on. And, you know, working this story for such a long time, you track how often the Labour Registrar knocks on the doors of either employers' associations or bargaining councils or trade unions to say you have not complied with this section of the act or that section of the act yes all i require from you is that you submit the necessary documentation that should not be hard because in in any case by law you are supposed to have audited financial statements conducted 
every year. You are supposed to account your members as to how their finances are being yes. utilized. You are supposed to update, you know, the kind of the, the leaders that you appoint, the details of the leaders you appoint. You know, simple details like that. Your membership uh, figures for every year. So, so, so a- am I to understand, Teto, that this, in your opinion, is nothing more than necessary uh, corporate governance uh, being enforced as it should be? It, it is, okay, because how hard should it be to just submit documents that are in your possession? It's as simple as that. You submit the documents, the, the labor registrar goes through them, scrutinizes them, and sees that indeed what is on paper is, is real. And in the case that they find that there's something amiss, there's also steps that are, regu- are, are stipulated so what, in the LRA, very clear steps. So, so, so why would NUMSA not submit these documents? Well, this is the response that we got from NUMSA, Aubrey. Luckily, they did come back to us when we sent our query to them yesterday morning. They, they say to us that they have not been able to submit their 2017 and 2018 auditor financial statement because they are still with their external auditors. Now, they claim that they've submitted uh, the, the 2016 auditor financial statements. Of course, the Labor Registrar it's letters it suggests that it's, it's the opposite, that they have not done so. They also say that they, one of the reasons they haven't been able to complete their reports in 2018 is because their external auditors has not completed their audits. And this is now for the agency fees that NIMSA receives from bargaining councils, you know, that amounts yes. to millions of rand that the Labor Register also wants them to account for separately because an error that, um, you know, speaking to other unions, because a lot of other unions have, have received letters from the Register yes. to say, take this. I'm aware, for example, of the Public Service Association, which has asked to, to file separate agency shop audited financial statements as per the law, whereas in the past they would file it together with the union financial statements. And they simply just complied, and the issue was done. So if it's an issue of just complying, I don't see what the difficulty could be in an organization just simply saying, okay, here's the document, and the labor registrar closes the book and moves on. So this no, I mean, I mean, is there a possibility that NUMSA has something to hide? Obviously, I wouldn't go that far, but, you know, we did report um, a, in a, a year ago about, you know, NUMSA having issues with how Jesus, for example, strike fund which uh, had been depleted at some point um, and of course that fund is specifically uh, geared for you know protecting workers should they embark on on long protected strikes to ensure that they have some sort of income so um, we reported about that and there were also issues with how the organization was um, sending money for example on on, on stuff to the issues raised by the EFS leader Julius Malema last week saying that, you know, workers' money were being used to finance the political party that NIMSA funded, and they, required, they wanted some sort of accountability on the use of, of workers' money. So we don't know because we have not seen the, the yes. documents. But should we, of course, have a look at what exactly it is that is contained there, and then we'll get a clearer picture as to whether NIMSA has something to hide or not at, at that point. So, so at, as, as things stand, <laughs> if I understand you correctly, Ted, you seem to feel that the threat to re- to deregister the uh, union is a little too too heavy-handed, but you are saying that uh, NUMSA should comply and uh, produce the documents that are required by the by, by the Department of Labour. Okay, just to to clarify that, yeah. so the Labour Register has not threatened NUMSA with deregistration. Oh, I see. 
he has simply asked them to submit all these documents that he has requested by the by, by 21 June. Yes. That's uh, a long period of time, of course, for them to do so. Minister says that they are complying. They say they're preparing to, of course, submit all those outstanding documents where they cite, of course, them being with external auditors. So should they, of course, submit all these documents by the 21st of June? The issue is done, the file is closed until they, they have yes. to account in the next cycle. So the, that's why I worry about the categorization of such an, a critical office um, in, 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 in government as being politically motivated, whereas the evidence at hand so simply does not suggest that there is any such political yeah. motivation. Yeah. And also, if, if it was only trade unions which are not aligned to the ANC, which are being targeted, that argument would also hold water, but that's not even the case. Yeah. And there's more than 100 trade unions which have been deregistered in the past 10 years in this country. So if that was the case, that would not be the norm. Yeah. Seemingly, there is some function that seems to, to regulate and indicate that there is no regulation where you know the laws are not being abided by. Then the Labour Register simply acts and they, they shut you down yeah. and you can appeal it in court if you want to and see how far you get. So yeah. the, the system gets tested at so many different levels that sure. I don't see how political motivation would be a reason for such a functionary to take the kind of action that it's been taken. Incidentally, where is the story with AMCU? Uh, I remember it was quite a big uh, discussion last month. Where is the story with them? Um, did they submit whatever documents they were supposed to submit? Is the threat for deregistration still uh, a reality for them? W- what is the status on that uh, on that front? You would remember also that at the time um, AMCU had had, of course, the, the story came out that we wrote about the story. AMCU claimed at the time that, you know, they had complied as well, that they have not, um, you know, their, their issue in, in the, at that time was that they have not held a Congress within five years as they ought to, as, as pretend in their constitution. Yes. Now, then AMCU at the time said that the Labour Registrar was also politically motivated, saying that they had communicated with him that they could not hold a Congress within the five years due to strike action, due to administrative issues that just made it difficult for them to hold that meeting. And they had said they wrote to the Labour Registrar's office to say that they will hold the Congress in September this year. And, of course, you know, we know that they've met with the Labour Registrar and came to some sort of agreement, you know, basically preventing the issue being escalated any further because there was that, that amicable resolution to the issue. So that's, that's, I go back to the point that the political motivation um, you know, argument would hold if, say, for instance, in this case, the, the Labour Register simply shut the door in Amkhi's face and said, I've, I've written my submission, you know, if you don't do as I say, I will not hear you out. But they can negotiate and talk within the confines of the law and within the constitution that governs Amkhi. Teto Masakwana, thank you very much for um, just clearing uh, clearing up uh, some of those stories for us. We really appreciate it. All right, Teto Masakwana is Eyewitness News reporter. Let's take a break. But uh, when we come back, I'm going to be speaking to Peter Thornycroft. She's a veteran um, journalist uh, out of uh, Zimbabwe.